0: on there we go well good morning Ellerslie it's a pleasure to be here I was going to back up a bit I feel like I'm turning too much to look at you on the side let's pray before I begin father thank you for this season when we can reflect on Jesus coming to earth give us ears to hear and a heart to receive what you would have for us today amen If you have stopped by my office recently, you would have seen this sitting on my desk. Kids, if you know what the name of this plant is, I want you to turn to your neighbor and tell them. If you said poinsettia, you would be correct. There are are certain things we expect at Christmas time, certain Christmas traditions we have. Christmas trees, lights, poinsettias, children's Christmas programs, carols on the radio, candlelight services, presents, mistletoe, stockings. As a church, we have been hearing about the about Christmas unexpected. When sin entered the world back in Genesis, God promised that He would send a Savior, a King. To save his people from their sin. Two weeks ago, Pastor Mel talked about unexpected baggage in the lineage of Jesus. How it emphasizes that Jesus did not come to validate imperfection. He came to redeem imperfect people. Pastor Dave last week talked about the unexpected silence leading up to the Christmas story. How God is never doing nothing but always doing something that we remain faithful today because we have hope in tomorrow. Today, I want to explore with you how the Jews expected their king to be and come in a certain way. Yet, they were in for a really big surprise. We are going to look at three different passages that highlight how Jesus, although a expected king, was born very unexpectedly. The unexpected silence between the Old and the New Testament that Dave talked about is broken by three angelic announcements. Zechariah is told his wife Elizabeth will give birth to a son who will make way for the awaited king. Mary is told she will give birth to a son who is the awaited king, the one promised to reign and rule over God's people forever. And Joseph is told that the child his wife is carrying will save people, their, his people from their sins, and his name will be Jesus. Mary and Elizabeth visit each other. They rejoice. John the Baptist is born, and Zechariah praises God. The stage has been set for the arrival of the main character in God's story. The forever king is about to enter the world he created.
1: to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. Perfect,
0: thank you. Don't you just love the timing of this passage? A decree is made that seems, seems like it's just a man-made idea but it is directly connected to the prophetic fulfillment that the forever king would be born in Bethlehem. Although Rome thinks that she's displaying her power and might through the issuing of this census, she is actually just a vessel in an even greater sovereign God. The mighty king who would save his people, the one the Jews have been expecting, was about to be revealed. And then we read, While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. If you're reading quickly and not really paying attention, you actually might miss the birth of the king of the universe. Compared to the first chapter in Luke, this next portion is quite brief and simple. You'd almost expect more. Although Mary and Joseph were from the line of King David, they did not live like a king and queen. In fact, we know from other passages that Mary and Joseph were had little. And although Mary is told her baby is King David's son, he's not born in a castle or even a house, but most likely a stable and placed in a manger. Now, up till now, John the Baptist's story has been overshadowed by Jesus's. John's conception in an aged and bearing couple is a miracle. Jesus' conception in a virgin is miraculous. It was said that John would be great before the Lord, Jesus was to be great. John would be filled with the Holy Spirit while still in his mother's womb. Jesus would be conceived by the Holy Spirit. John would make way for the awaited king. Jesus was the awaited king. And then we have an interesting change. When John is born in the chapter prior, Luke writes that there was a great celebration among family and neighbors. Nothing of that is mentioned for Jesus' birth, even though it was likely that there was family and neighbors around. It could have been because Mary's pregnancy was seen as a disgrace. Whatever the reason, it's interesting that Luke makes sure he points out that there was great celebration of family and neighbors for John's birth, and then there's no mention of it for Jesus' birth. I love how the forever king enters the world. He doesn't just come as a human, but as a helpless baby. Not only that, but he was born into a family that did not have much. And on top of that, there was no room in the inns, so he was given a manger for his bed. And it seems as if his birth went unnoticed by family and neighbors. The humble birth of our God is humbling. The Jews were expecting a great and mighty king, but they were not expecting that king to be born and to be born humbly. Why would he do that? Why would a king give up his throne to live among his people? David Helm writes in the Big Picture Story Bible these words, While Caesar, the king of Rome, was showing the world how great he was by counting his people, God, the king of the universe, was showing how great he was by sending his son to become one of his people. Jesus is a king who knows how his people live because he has lived among us. Jesus is a king who knows us. Jesus is a king who is personal. Sally Lloyd Jones, another children's book story writer, says these words The one who made us has come to live with us. Jesus is the unexpected king because he is a king born humbly. That is how much he cares about us. Do you know where the stem, the leaves, and the flower are on a poinsettia? If you said that the leaves are the green parts and the red parts, you would be correct. The flower part of a poinsettia is actually the middle yellow part. Unexpected, isn't it? The flower is somewhat hidden and unnoticed next to the giant colored leaves. Many people mistaken the leaves as the flowers. Jesus is called the son of the most high, the forever king. And yet, instead of coming in a fancy way, his birth was simple, tiny, and unexpected. Kinda like this flower. As the worship team comes forward to help us reflect on this point, I want to encourage you that the next time you look at a poinsettia and think about the humble flower, that you remember Jesus is the unexpected king because he is a king born humbly. Let's stand together, shall we? And there
1: are shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night.
0: Thank you, Abigail. You guys can go back to your seats. Although Jesus' birth was, was not said to be celebrated by family and neighbors, it was celebrated by shepherds. It's interesting that the shepherds were chosen for the angelic birth announcement. Shepherds were the social outcasts of the day, they were considered having a disadvantaged occupation, and many of them were seen as thieves. And who did Jesus spend most of his time with when he was here on earth? The poor, the sick, the thieves. Mal mentioned two weeks ago about Jesus's, how Jesus' lineage is filled with unexpected baggage and outcasts. So it should not surprise us that the shepherds were the ones to receive the birth announcement. God was already expressing at Jesus' birth his desire to redeem even the least. Yet, I think there's more significance to this part of God's story. God was not just expressing who he wanted to redeem, he was also expressing how he would do that redeeming. Think about their occupation. Shepherds tie into King David's upbringing of being a shepherd and the promise of God that David's son would shepherd God's people and save them. The forever king being like a shepherd was expected. The forever king who would save his people was expected. What they did not expect was how that king would actually save them. Yet this is hinted at even in this part of God's story at Jesus's birth. Shepherds were with their sheep just outside the city gates There's a good chance these particular shepherds were raising the sheep that would be used for sacrifice at Passover in a few months. As that was a common occurrence for the flocks just outside the city. These shepherds knew what it was like to witness the birth of a lamb who would eventually be sacrificed. God was inviting them to witness the arrival of his perfect lamb of God who would eventually be sacrificed. And where were they supposed to find this baby? In a manger, a trough used for animals. The manger does not just highlight that Jesus was born with a king born humbly, but that he's also a king born for sacrifice. Just listen to the words that the angel said. A savior has been born to you. The angels are basically saying the one who will die for you Has been born. Although the shepherds did not recognize that the Savior was going to die for them, God did. And I think that's why He chose to give the birth announcement to the shepherds. The shepherds knew what it was like to celebrate the birth of a sacrificial lamb, a baby born for sacrifice. Although God's people expected the forever king to save them, It was unexpected for the king to actually sacrifice himself. Jesus was the unexpected king because he was a king born for sacrifice. Outside of the typical green leaves, the most common colors of poinsettias are red and white. It is said that the red represents Jesus' blood poured out for us, and the white represents his purity. I would also like to suggest that the white symbolizes that Jesus is the Lamb of God. Next time you look at the color of a poinsettia, I hope you are not just reminded of the forever king coming to earth, but that he was a king born for sacrifice. A king who willingly gave up his life for us.
2: Matthew 2, 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they return to their country by another route.
0: Thank you, Rachel. Even though Jesus is born in Bethlehem, the wise men are directed to Jerusalem to look for the king, since a new king would obviously be born in the capital city. Knowing a bit about King Herod helps us understand The significance of this scene. King Herod was appointed by Rome to be the king of the Jews. He loved power and imposed heavy taxes on the people. He murdered numerous family members and lorded over God's people. He was everything the king of the Jews was not supposed to be. I love that the wise men ask, where is the one born king of the Jews? They did not ask, where is the one born who will become king of the Jews? Jesus' kingly status was already present at his birth. Ironically, they're asking this to King Herod, who's supposed to be the current king of the Jews, and yet, even in their question, the Magi are implying that they do not recognize Herod as the true king. Instead, they see Jesus as the true king. A king who would care and love his people was expected. What was not expected was a king for all people. The song, We Three Kings, can be misleading, as there's no documents that the Magi were kings themselves, or that there were three of them. Rather, they were most likely well-educated men who studied the stars and advised kings. We do know that they were not Jewish and were from the East. Most likely, based on time of travel, they were from Babylon. Babylon a country that once took God's people captive. The Magi likely learned about the star of a newborn king from old prophecies. Matthew writing about the visit of the wise men is significant because not only does this passage testify to the fact that Jesus is the true king of the Jews, which was expected, but it's interesting to note that the wise men are Gentiles. The fact that people who are not Jews, would come to worship the king of the Jews, is important. Many of the commentators mention that the Magi most likely didn't even recognize and realize the divinity of Jesus. They just saw him as a king, not necessarily the king. Yeah, as one commentator writes, the Magi worshipped better than they knew. By Matthew writing about this part of God's story, he is pointing out the truth of the Old Testament passages, that all nations will be impacted by the forever king. And although it should have been expected, it was not expected. Jews, even in the book of Acts, after Jesus had returned to heaven, still thought that Jesus was only their king and savior. If you look at the positioning of the red and green leaves of a poinsettia, you will see a star shape. When Simeon meets Mary, Joseph, and baby Jesus at the temple, he says, For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. Although the Jews were expecting the forever king was for Israel alone, Both Simeon's words and the actions of the wise man imply that Jesus is the king born for all nations. He is the light for all people. And God literally sent a star, a light, to guide the wise man to the forever king to emphasize that his birth impacted the whole world, not just the Jews. So when you see the star shape of a poinsettia, I hope you're reminded by the unexpected reality that Jesus is the king born for all people. Could you imagine where you'd be at now if Jesus had been exactly the king the Jews had been expecting? If he had not been born humbly or born for sacrifice or born for all people? The question I want to leave with you today is, have you put your forever king? Have you have you put God in a box? Have you expected him to be a certain way and do certain things? Like the Jews expected him to be a certain way and do certain things. Have you expected his grace to only cover so much? Or have you expected him to be only so good? Or a question that I've been reflecting on is, have you, do you only expect some of his promises to come true? I am so thankful that Jesus is a king born humbly, for, born for sacrifice, and born for all people. Because I would not be here today and have the hope that I did if he had not. I love the phrase in the song, come on, ring your bells. It says, Jesus is the king born for you and me. He did not just die for you. He was born for you. Did you know that set poinsettia, for the colors to actually change, it needs darkness? It's very different than most plants. But the color actually changes in the dark. And then the depth of the color comes out when it hits light. Jesus came into our dark world so that we could be changed and then live in his light. Every time you look at a poinsettia over this Christmas season and think about the unexpected flower, the colors, the shape, I encourage you to also think about the unexpected king and how Jesus is born for you and me. I said earlier that there was no mention of family and neighbors, To celebrate Jesus' birth. That's not entirely true. Jesus did have family and neighbors celebrate his birth. It just looked different than the typical family and neighbors that celebrated at John's birth. The shepherds were Jews, although outcasts, they were still considered part of God's people, God's family. Shepherds, God's family, did celebrate. The wise men were not Jewish and not part of God's people. They were from a neighboring country. The wise man, Jesus' neighbors, did celebrate. Just like how the shepherds and the wise men responded to the unexpected king in praise and worship, let us end our time together also worshiping the king of kings and lord of lords, the forever king born humbly, the forever king born for sacrifice, the forever king born for all people. Let's worship Jesus, the king born for you and me.
1: And let's excuse me unless.